Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast, a little sneak preview today of the YouTube episode of the off-season that is dropping Sunday night, 6pm this Sunday. Myself, Matty the Waterboy and Jackson Hastings from the West Tigers, we take a deep dive into the most underrated ball-playing forwards of all time. By far and away, my favourite off-season episode so far. You all know how much I love a ball-playing forward. Uh, Matty's very similar and Jacko being a ball-playing lock forward himself absolutely loves them. This one is an hour and a half bonanza of absolute rugby league nerdetry. It is the absolute best. You guys will love it. It will be exclusive to YouTube. Sunday, 6 p.m., go to YouTube, type in Rugby League Guru. It will be there for you. Subscribe, like, comment, all the good stuff for me, legends. I'm going to hand it over now to Matty the Waterboy, myself, and the great Jackson Hastings. That's unreal. And he he's made for that arena, like that uncompromising arena where it's uncomfortable for most other people, but he's that mentally resilient that it just wouldn't have worried about him. The one thing I remember about Greg Bird was that um, unique running style, like low to the ground, yeah. hips would move, like he, you could just tell why he was so hard to tackle and he had strength that, that it looked like he didn't have, you know what I mean? He, he's small and compact, but... Could uh, could bang with the best of them. He was um, outstanding to watch play. Terrible to play against. You always worried about your ribs when you played against him. But I used to love watching him play. And he, him, and Gal were were the two at Cronulla that started that. As we spoke about that place where you'd go to Shark Park and you know you were going to get bashed for eighty minutes. And um, I suppose he's iconic around those parts. And someone that did it all in the game, New South Wales, Australia, and someone that I've got the utmost respect for as well. Now. I think we that's covered all of our each of our two guys we selected. Some of the next best that potentially didn't make it in, and there's a few that are in the the modern day game, which we'll get to in a sec. But Artie Beetson was one we didn't talk about, obviously, oh, yeah, and a model of our game. Um, the offload fucking king, and we don't have enough tape of Artie to probably appreciate it as much as we can, but. Fucking good play. It's it's Beetson and Lauatiti, the two offload kings, you yep. know. Um, 
That those two were probably head and shoulders, and then Sunny. Like you got to chuck Sunny. Those three are probably the three most well known for post line offloads. There's a lot of people that can stand in tackles and palm and and, and tip it out the back, but those three would run to bust, have the arm forward, and just have inside outside and. The one thing about those three guys is they could do it with both hands. Mm. Like it's easy for someone with their dominant hand with a sweaty rugby league ball in contact to go through the line and to pop it. But to be able to do it left or right or go above people or around people with with either hand is pretty special. And those three were some of the greatest athletes but most unique talents we've ever seen play really. Well, when you're talking about those three and you're talking offloading, like I probably don't see that as offloading like other players. That's them ball playing. Yeah, that's exactly. them playing through the line. Yeah. Essentially, they just take bodies, but they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, the well, entire that, time. and that and that I well I I don't know this for a fact, obviously, because I, I wasn't in their mind. But they always look like from what I've seen of Artie play, which it wasn't much. I've seen tapes of him play. Obviously, saw Sonny train and play a little bit. Their mentality, from what it seemed, was always to bust the line first. Mm. You probably see uh, at times people want to offload before they've actually dented the line. Whereas these three would just be physical and just dent the line, and if they were people were dragging off their back or or trying to get them down through the legs and their arm was free, it was just offload to to five eights and fullbacks pushing for the line. And the the special thing about them guys was they didn't just do it once or twice a year; they done it every single week consistently for their whole careers, and that's what separates them from the other people that that played in the middle of the park. You know what I mean? They had the gift of the offload and. It's probably a bit of a lost start these days because it, we're so high on completion rates and getting to our kicks, but those three did it at such a high clip that you wouldn't even have to worry about if they were going to drop it or not because they just didn't. little story on Artie. I remember when, when I was a kid and, you know, when, when he was alive still, used to go down to the stadium and he'd be in the squash courts all the time. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard these stories? Oh, like, my dad My dad has told me brief stories about Artie, but none of these ones. Oh, are. mate. Like, just like he, he must have been 120, 130 kilos, right? Standing in the middle of the squash court versing guys that look fit as a fiddle. And if he served, he knew exactly where he'd put you. He knew exactly how you'd have to hit it back because you'd have no other choice. And then he would just be able to dominate the point from there. And you could tell he, he was just fucking around with blokes, just letting them run all around the place. And when he wanted wanted to finish them, he would. And it was done. So and he, he, he never moved. That's what he'd done on the footy field as yeah, well. exactly was right. like moving yeah. chess pieces, wasn't it, for him? And that's why he's an iconic figure of our game and, and someone that you know we wish was still around to, to pick his brain and and to get his understanding of football because he was uh, obviously once-in-a-generation player, once-in-a-lifetime player and and person and role model for our game and obviously was a big part of starting State of Origin and things like that. So as a player that plays the game now and gets to you know follow in his footsteps of what he created, you can't be more thankful for someone like him. Another name that you mentioned there, Ali Lawatiti. Once described as the Michael Jordan of rugby league, he was. Uh, I I'm I'm so happy for Super League that you had him and everything, but fuck, I still think to this day it is the biggest mistake in New Zealand Warriors history. Yeah, if you talk to people that played with him and played against him over in Super League, they like the word impossible gets thrown around a bit too much because nothing's obviously impossible. But the closest thing to that was stopping his offload. Mm-hmm. And he was a reason why his teams over in the Super League were so successful and, and won so many competitions and challenge cups and things like that because he could just... And you got to think about it. He was playing for wet rhino football. He wasn't playing for Steeden. He was playing for ball with bugger all grip on it. And in the torrential rain, playing the game at the start of the year in winter, eventually going into summer, but... To be able to do that in the wet months in England and do it consistently and, as I said, do, and win game for your team, to be able to hold the ball in one hand and offload in traffic, it takes a unique talent and a special talent. So 
yeah, I'm so glad that I didn't have to mark him or try and tackle him because, as I said, it was spoken about as near impossible. I still, I still like. I remember being so young, but just the news that he was leaving, and it was just the most. Surreal. Why did he go? Why did he go over there? Well, because the story goes something along the lines of the Warriors they they lost in the O two Grand Final. I think they came back in O three and they didn't do too well, or O four they didn't do too well, and. I think the owner essentially it was something along the lines of that he said that his his faith was hot higher than football, and they sort of went well, nothing, nothing can mean more to you than rugby league. That's not good enough. That's not the standard we're going to set. And then they let him go, and he, he never came back. We never saw him again. I, I just yeah, obviously I I wasn't old enough to to know about any of that. But all I know is that like he's spoken about it in such glowing terms in England, like one of the the greatest players to to go over there and play and, and had a fantastic career and won a lot of trophies and um, he's still spoken about for the offload. So, I mean, if you play the game and you're spoken about for, for one part of the game that you were the best at, um, you obviously did something right. So, hell of a player, hell of a career as well. I think, did, did he come back and play for the Warriors Adventure? I think he came yeah, back. Yeah, he did. He did. Very late. But I don't, think, I don't know if he actually... I think he played reserve he grade. played reserve grade, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a shame. Fuck, he was a player. I, I think he might have been 2016. My guess. Yeah, I, I haven't had a look if there's a full highlights package of him, but fuck if you can find anything. The the, the Warriors did a um, they did a documentary. I think it was called We Were Warriors or something. Have there either of you seen? This I haven't seen chance? it. No, no. Uh, and it's about like how the Warriors started, and then when he came along, and that mate, there's uh, it's it's like a six chapter series, and there is honestly a fucking chapter on why we shouldn't have let him go and why it just turned the franchise. What's that on? I'll, on its head. I'll, I'll I want to say KO, but I it might. When did the Warriors come in? I think it was like a 20-year a or 25-year celebration thing. I'll find it for you. Yeah, cool. I want to watch that for sure. Uh, yeah. Very entertaining. Um, the other one I had on my list that I didn't get to mention, he's one of my favourite players of all time, Jimmy Dimmick. Yeah. Fuck. Tough as nails and yeah. so skillful. Won the, uh, won the Clive Churchill in 95 for Canterbury. Uh, that team came from fifth to win the comp that year. I think he is so underrated. It's not funny, Jimmy Dimmy. Yeah, another one uh, I didn't really get the privilege of watching play, but when you see him coach teams and you hear his stories of him as a player, I was actually talking to my mum about um, people that she thought should be on the list this morning, and she said Jim Dimmick first straight off the bat. So, I mean, I'm not saying she knows everything, but if you know your mother is pointing out players that you know are deserving to be on the greatest ever ball playing forwards list, he's obviously done something right and. Um, I know people that have played against him and, and heard stories about him and he must have been one hell of a player. And the one thing that always stands out was obviously his ball playing, but just tough as teak. Yeah. That's what gets spoken about all the time, how tough he was, never took a backward step, confrontational and, and played well above his weight too. So um, he's doing great things in the coaching space now, been around for a while coaching and um, it's great to see people like him that aren't lost to the game, they're still involved and, and coaching the next generation. I was talking to, I'm not sure who it was, I was, I was talking to someone from that 95 Bulldogs team that came on the podcast and they were saying that, thank God they weren't doing like wrestling sessions back then. Because he <laughs> reckons that Jimmy was like granite, like he was always a big boy. We're still built solid now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, like, but he, he, he said that like in defence, his technique was just perfect and if they would have been doing any wrestling then... It would have been a non-contest. Yeah, I could imagine. The the blokes that are small to the ground and compact, and uh, when you get into those knee wrestle battles in the wrestling room, it's you may as well lay on your back because you're not yep. getting up. So, 
Um, I wouldn't have liked to have played against him from everything I heard, but phenomenal player for sure. The other one I want to throw in there, and he's probably not regarded as you know a, a ball playing forward, but I always thought he was so skillful. Andrew Ryan. Oh, Canterbury Bob Bulldogs. Yeah. Mate, you go back and you watch that 2004 grand final. There's a pass that he throws to Matt Utah. Yeah. Cut out ball that was just fucking perfect. And once again, he's not the sort of guy that we talk about as a ball player. Uh, he probably wasn't as silky as a Wade Graham and yeah. these sort of guys, but man, he just pulled the right rein every single time, Bobcat. Heartbeat of the club for a long time, yep. too, wasn't he? And I remember the one memory I've got of Bobcat. I got to know him through like New South Wales Pathways and. Stuff like that. He does a lot of great stuff at the grassroots and, and kids coming through the origin pathways and stuff. But when he scored, was it in his last game and they were wearing the Superman yeah. shirts and he went to jump on the Bobcat and he yeah, slipped? slipped. That was um, <laughs> like, like, I don't know why I remember random shit like this, but like, that's one moment where I, I remember. And then I remember the first time I met him, I was shaking his hand. I didn't, I didn't have the courage to say it to him, but the first thing that came to mind was him running to celebrate and slipping on his ass, <laughs> getting on the Bobcat, which is, which is quite funny. But that, when we spoke about the coolest jerseys, those jerseys were sick. Those Star was it Star Wars? Star, I think they were Star Wars. Yeah, like yeah, they were cool jerseys, bro. But like he was, he he reminds me of like a Boyd Cordner slash Wade Graham, mm. like the same sort of mold, big, tough, robust, but could play a little bit as well. But his role on that team wasn't to to pass and stuff. But when he did, you could tell he had the skills of a, of a five eight for sure. And as much as it's not his ball playing, I, I still think it it is so underappreciated. That tackle that he made on the last play of the 04 grand final. Oh, yeah. Mick Crocker is through for all money, and that ankle tap, uh, a huge moment there. Mick Crocker's another fucking good ball playing forward, so. Tough as anything. Yeah, yeah, he played 5 8 for the Kangaroos a couple of times, I'm pretty sure. How many times did he go for a charge down and get knocked out, too? <laughs> Talk about one percentage. He was always yeah. there, wasn't he, Croc? Mick Crocker. Uh, boys, anyone else you want to throw in there that we uh, I got mention? one. I, so ferocious running the ball, but willingness to throw an offload. Ben Kennedy. Oh, the grouse, yeah. He was one of, I mean, I think Joey still calls him one of Newcastle's best signings. Like, yeah. he was, yeah, he I was so he's good. Newcastle's best signing. I think he's Manly's best Yeah, signing. definitely Manly as well. Yeah. He could have won the Clive in 2001. He was so good that day. He was, he would have been great to play with. How, how big was Ben Kennedy? You know, is it, is it up there? Because, like, when you watch him, like, stand on the footy field, he looks like one of those guys that's six foot seven. Obviously, he's not, but the way he, he could get a team and literally carry him on his back, couldn't he? Yep. Like, he was that kind of play where he just went, oh, fuck it, follow me. See, he's 6'2 and 107 kilos. Yeah, see, I'll, I'll, if I looked at him, I would say, you're 6'4 easy. But, mm. like, yeah, he just never shirked the hard stuff, did he? He could do the pretty stuff, like running a bit wider and score tries, but through the middle, like, he'd just be all bash and barge and courage and, and toughness. Like, Well, it's crazy how much they put that the success that Manly had down to his two seasons that he was there, where mm. Manly did fuck all in those two years. But he took Anthony Watmo, he took Glenn Stewart under his wing, yeah. and they just exploded over the next few years. Yeah. Uh, I think he, he played there for two seasons, and I think a few years later, Manly named their team of 50 years. They picked Ben Kennedy in it, despite only playing two years there and being not being very successful, but he laid the platform yeah, for well the comps they won. Shows you what type of player and person yeah. and, and leader he is, so like, if you're holding that high regard, especially the club like Manly, who's had so many great players, like just goes to show what a good player he was. I had um, I had one, I had a couple, but one that I felt like I needed to mention was Sean O'Loughlin. Um, I've got some of Locker's stats here. I, I was lucky enough to play with with Sean the last two years of his career at Wigan Warriors, where he played 458 games for for huh. Wigan. He's from Wigan. He's a Wigan lad. One one town, one club player. 25 tests for England, 11 for Great Britain, four grand finals, two Challenge Cups. 
And Sean O'Loughlin, I remember I've watched countless hours of him playing, obviously doing video review against him, but just being a fan of the Super League for a long time, watching him play. There's two moments of Sean Lachlan's illustrious career that stand out for me. One was against St Helens, the derby they called over in the Super League at Magic Weekend, where Blake Green goes to the line, shows, has lockers on his inside. Green is obviously playing six, Sean 13. Pops it to him, makes the breaks in the clear. Like This is a big human that plays in the middle of the field, and he goes to skim the fullback, left to right, mind you, and has a player by the name of Dan Sargentson on the right wing for Wigan Warriors. The easiest thing to do was probably get tackled for someone like Lockers of his size and, and strength and things like that, or to kick it. Like That would have been the easiest way to get the ball there. But he just decided to, to get the fullback close enough to engage him so he obviously couldn't check and get off, and throws this Hail Mary left to right, I reckon... 25 to 30 metres So from near black dot To the sideline And hit Sargentson on the chest At full flight Like I mean Tight spiral torpedo To hit the winger For a guy that would have played 60 minutes in the middle Like 30 odd tackles 15, 20 hit ups Touched the ball twice a set To be able to do that Was was special And there was another one um, Against Warrington In the semi-final At the DW and Wigan Where he Breaks down a play Of the back row Or front row To get a quick play of the ball About 10 metres out With a minute, I'll say, 30 seconds to go, they were behind. Flies down the short side, pushes the half out the way, has a four-on-four, four, double pump, hits Joe Burgess, who goes over in the corner to send them to Old Trafford. I think they ultimately go on a win too. So he's someone that I was lucky enough to play with. I would probably say arguably the greatest player I got to play alongside in terms of what he did in his career. That's both in NRL and Super League. And he's someone that when I look at his career, I know that how proud he is to be a Wiganer and, and to play for Wigan. And I just wish that the NRL got to see him play in, over on these shores too. I was at the Roosters when they played Wigan at the 2014 World Club Challenge after they won it in 13. And obviously Trent Robinson's a mastermind and coaching the Super League and would have coached against Sean on a number of occasions. And I remember the video sessions um, were going for like half an hour, 45 minutes, something like that. And 25 it was on Sean O'Loughlin and what he did with the football. He was that dominant and that good for Wigan. He obviously played with blokes like Paddy Richards, who went over there and had a fantastic career. Sam Tompkins obviously had Greeny, but he was just so, so good. Like one of England's all-time greats. And um, I know a lot of people in our world wouldn't have got to see him play or know much about him. But um, yeah, as a former teammate, he's right up there with some of the, like one of the best I've ever played with. Now, Matty, I thought you would have picked John Sutton twice. I'm surprised the name hasn't come up yet. Yeah, I just, I didn't want to seem too biased. No, nah, I... I did think about Johnny Sutton, and he's definitely right up there for me. Um, but I, I don't want to just keep naming South people. You'd hate to be that South guy, right? <laughs> That'd be awful. The one other guy I want to ask you about, and I, I assume you would have played against, maybe with, I don't know, in England. I thought he left the NRL way too early. Adam Cuthbertson? Oh, yeah, mate. He yeah. Um, Did he win a Man of Steel? No, he made, did he win a Man of Steel or did he go top three? There was one year that um, I think Zach Hardacre, my mate Zach, won it. But he said that the he won it only because of Adam Cuthbertson. I think it was those two in the final from Leeds with another player. I think he was a top three candidate anyway. I played against him at the back end of his career when he was at Leeds still, and he held the ball like that, mm. could pass like that, could pass like that, and he was just such a handful. He's one of those guys that you'd go to the ground with and he'd hand-grenade it out the back, but it wasn't just a loose pass where he was just hoping it'd hit someone. 
the Leeds, the way Leeds play is so free and off the cuff and attack you from everywhere. The hooker and the fullback, whenever he touched the ball, would just be either side of him. So he had the license to just launch it back. And the amount of times that uh, Matt Parcell, when he first went over there and won a comp, you know how quick Matt Parcell is, obviously, it just get into his hands or Zach Hardacre's hands, and they'll just go straight for the line and score. Phenomenal talent. And yeah, I agree. Left he the NRL way too. I was going to mention, I could not believe when Cuthbo and Parcell left. They both left way too early, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I just I saw an instance the other day, Matt Parcell's 30. Oh, I, I don't. I, I thought he was my age. <laughs> I can't believe he's 30. But, like, he's still killing it for Hull Kingston Rovers. Matt Passer, dummy half, so fast. Just got that unbelievable speed off the mark. When Like, Damien Cook, like, when you pick mm-hmm. it up and, they, and they're just gone like that. Yeah. But I suppose people just do what they got to do. And um, they're both carved out great Super League careers as well. And they both did their thing in the NRL. And for one reason or another, decided to stay over there and, and, and play. I, I think Cuthbo's still playing... Maybe super, uh, maybe championship. Um, last time I saw, he was playing for York, I think. But I don't know if he's he's still playing. He's got him as up. Featherstone Rovers. Featherstone here. Rovers, that's it. Sorry, yeah. So I don't know if he's hung him up now or he's still playing. But um, one hell of a career, man, for sure. Yeah, he was on the shortlist. You're right for the yeah. man still. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm Zach's a good mate of mine, and I think he won it that year. Did Zach yeah. win it that year? And he said he wouldn't have been a, a candidate if it wasn't for Cuffison. They reckon the amount of times that he got his arm through the line and Zach was playing fullback and he just. Come off his shoulder and and take the fullback on and score or set someone else up was a joke. So he definitely deserves a shout for best ball playing forward. Now, obviously, uh, a lot of the guys we've spoken about are guys from the past, but are we blessed at the moment with the golden eras of thirteens? Yeah, I reckon. Uh, like we we spoke about it off air a little bit. Isaiah is probably the one that everyone looks to in terms of getting the balance right. Like the one thing about that I love about Isaiah will love watching is. He doesn't shirk the tough stuff either. You know what I mean? He doesn't get caught up with just ball playing, ball playing. He scores a lot of tries for a middle forward, but he also sets a hell of a lot up. He makes Nathan Jerome's job a hell of a lot easier, but he also helps his middle middle pack out by taking them hard yards. Like You look at him, he'd probably average, I don't know his averages, but like 140 metres, 40-odd tackles, doesn't get hurt, robust, resilient, and he went from being – did he start off as, as a centre or a back? Yeah, centre-back role. Yeah, yeah went into the middle and really like I feel like Jake Trebojevic doesn't get enough praise for he was that real good ball playing 13 that sort of everyone sort of molded their game on how Jake played and then Isaiah probably took it to another level but you got him Jake Cam Murray now who's got a great pass like he went from that in behind the line hit the ground played the ball quick to an unbelievable passer of the football as another half for the Rabbitohs in good ball I feel like Victor like Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Victor's probably my favourite to watch in, in, in terms of the way he played. Like, I'm watching him play for England and he's doing stuff really well, like catching the ball wide but not holding it for too long, just catching it, tipping it, letting the other middle lay the line for him to come back with that big play with George Williams. The other middle leading off him, George Williams at the back using his speed to skip across the line. But then you got people that do it differently, like Jason Tamalolo. Like, he's left to right pass in that semi final this year that 
hit the hit Pedahiku on the chest at full speed was a joke. Like for someone that plays the game at that high intense, just bash, bar, drop, just bump out of the way. Just a reminder, guys, 6 p.m. this Sunday night on YouTube. You can watch this full clip. The entire thing goes for an hour and a half. It is a sensational chat with Matty the Waterboy, Jackson Hastings, and myself discussing all of the greatest ball-playing forwards of all time. Absolute cracking content by far and away. Our best one yet. 6 p.m. Sunday night on YouTube. See you there. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com